Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope that it blesses you. Yes, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Rowena and I um, look after evangelism and discipleship and mission here at St. Saviour's. Good morning. Okay, just checking you're alive. Um, so this talk, bold speaking, is really scary to be given a talk on bold speaking because <laughs> you've got to come out and be bold in your speaking to tell other people to be bold in their speaking. So it's really quite terrifying. Um, and it follows on from last week when Ron was talking about bold prayers. And I think generally what follows bold prayers is bold speaking. So what is bold speaking? I said, we all know this person, and it might actually be you, um, is bold speaking, the person that ends their sentence with, I'm only being honest. And you're like, and they've just savaged your hair or your opinions, your faith, you know, dot, 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 add your own. And you think to yourself, did I actually ask for your opinion? I don't remember asking for it. I'm only being honest. Is that bold speaking? I don't think so. Is it the politician who reads with confidence their prepared speech? Is that bold speaking? No. I'll just answer the questions myself. It's fine. You just do whatever. Or is it the person who stands in the water against the tide, so the tide's going against them, and the volume of worldly opinions, and holds the hand of the person drowning and quietly tells them about Jesus? Is that bold speaking? Yes, it is. Exactly. Good. You're already there. And interestingly, my next sentence says, controversially, I think you already know that. And you've just proved my point. You do know that. But I think some of you have now gone into a switched off mode of thinking, okay, she's talking about bold speaking. I'm not a speaker, so that's not me. Or you're thinking, I'm not an evangelist so that's not me. Are you a Christian? That took a bit longer than it should have done. Are you a Christian? Do you love Jesus and know that he loves you? Then it means you. All throughout the Bible, God uses unlikely people to do extraordinary things. And what did they have in common? They had a desire to hear from God, act on his word, and be obedient. They weren't the most articulate people. They weren't the most educated people, the richest people. They weren't even the priests half the time. What they all were was faithful. And we all have a patch of land that God has placed us on, our front line, if you like. And what's yours? Is it the school gate? Is it work? Is it home? Is it the pub? Is it the supermarket? Is it the gym? No. I'll leave that to Sarah. When we look at the three statements in Acts that I'm just going to quickly read now, they're all so beautiful. So in Acts 4.31, it says, After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Acts 9 says, verse 28, So Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. Acts 4.3 says, But the apostles stayed there a long time, preaching boldly about the grace of God. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do miraculous signs and wonders. So they prayed, 
They were expectant and they went out and were bold. But most importantly, what ties those three together is it was the Holy Spirit that helped them. So you see, it's not about our ability to speak boldly, but our ability to trust God and to trust that he will speak through us boldly. Now, as I said, I'm not going to go on about these readings because I think you actually know the who of the Bible. And if you don't, then definitely, definitely, I mean, if you think you know the whole Bible and you're done, then you definitely need to come and do this thing we're doing for a year. So every, there, literally every time I read a piece of scripture, it's different to the last time. And you think, oh, how did I miss that last time? But that's the Holy Spirit bringing it to life. So I'm really excited to see what our whole church family, that's all of us, which is why, bless her, Jenny Welch spent hours going through the whole year and putting it in paper so that those of you that can't download the app can still take part so that we can all read the same piece of scripture every day. And when we come together, we'll be fired up and can talk about it um, together. So get involved. Tim Keller says it beautifully, and Ron's just quoted it, totally stolen it, in Proverbs 22. Tim Keller says of that, we must know God's word to go out and have it ready on our lips. I love that, have it ready on our lips. But today I'm going to focus on the why. Why must we be bold speakers? And this is where it's going to get a bit uncomfortable. I find this uncomfortable, and I'm saying it. You're going to find it, I imagine, even more uncomfortable Let's all be uncomfortable. I'm going to reference two other parts of the Bible for this. The first one is revelation. Just saying that word in church makes people go, hmm. Revelation 20, verse 15. And Luke 16, 19 to 20. I've said 21. That's a lie. It's 31, but whatever. I can't even write my own thing. Revelation 20, verse 15 says, And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. I'm just going to say that again because it is proper powerful. Anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. It's like, wow, that breaks my heart. No one told me about that. They just left me. Lake of fire, yeah, she doesn't need to know about that. We don't talk about the harsh-sounding reality of not choosing to follow Jesus, do we? No? No one's ever come up and talked to me about that out of you lot? No? The reality of what happens if we don't tell people they're loved by Jesus and offer them the chance to give their life to him. Why is that? Is it because it sounds scary? Is it because it makes we think that it makes us sound judgmental? Or is it because we just simply can't bear to think about it? But for the sake of people's eternal lives, we must talk about it. We must. Because that is really bold speaking. Really bold. And I love some of the final words in Jude before that that say, and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. How lovely. It says rescue them. Rescue them. Funnily enough, it doesn't say bash them over the head and scare them to death. It says rescue them. And we talk about his love for us, don't we? You know, I said this earlier. We talk about his love. It's like, (laughs) 
God loves me. It's awesome. And I, if I post something on Facebook that says, God loves me and he loves you, it's like, oh, like, 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 love, love it, love it, love it. If you post on Facebook something that says, God loves you, what are you doing with that? It's like tumbleweed, man. You get four brave people, mainly Donna, going, love it. And everyone else is like, oh, oh, I'll just gloss over that and look at the dancing cat. God's love is more palatable, isn't it? Amazing grace. It saved a wretch like me. And we're given his love so we can be his vessel and share it. But why did he save a wretch like me? Because somebody spoke boldly and told me the truth about him. And we can't turn our eyes away from the reality of the alternative. We absolutely mustn't. A brave church faces it head on. And I think we are a brave church. And if we're not yet, we're becoming a brave church. Ask Bilu his testimony about the reality if you don't believe me. His testimony gets me to my core every time I hear it. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, if we do ignore the reality of our faith, then that's unkind and cruel. That's a bit awkward, isn't it? But it's unkind and cruel. I lived for 34 years in the darkness, not knowing the truth. And I can tell you right now, it proper sucked. And please hear me, I'm not saying let's scare people into the kingdom of God. That is not it at all. I'm saying that when you're nervous or scared about speaking about your faith, or you feel ill-equipped, remember the alternative. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Let that motivate you towards love. And sometimes in our faith, we have to talk about difficult things because the media is mocking Christianity. People are trying to change the word of God and change what the Bible says to make it more acceptable or to move with the times, watering it down. And we, the church, are just sitting there passively or fearfully just watching all of this happen. Tim Keller again says, others' knowledge of the truth depends on us. Us. Now, I know you are a loving church because, man, I get showed just so much love by some people in this church, more love than I could ever need, and it's just so beautiful. But understanding and facing the reality, the reality of the truth of our faith, however uncomfortable, however painful, however much we don't understand the Word of God, however much we don't agree with some of the words of God, It is the word of God. So however much we feel all those things, by understanding the truth of our faith is a whole new stratospheric, off-the-scale level of love for the humans that surround us. And anyone whose name was not found, recorded in the book of life, was thrown into the lake of fire. And the Bible is littered with evidence of that. And I recently read Luke 16, 19 to 31, and it literally was the same day that I read this. And I could feel God going, go on, get involved. And I've ummed and ahed about it and thought, should I include this today? But the title says bold speaking. So bold speaking we are doing. 
And in this, um, in Luke, it's a parable Jesus is telling about a man called Lazarus, a poor man who had nothing, and a rich man who, in contrast, had everything materially he could wish for. And Lazarus lived at the rich man's gate on the floor, and the rich man ignored him. When the poor man died, the Bible describes him as being carried by the angels to sit beside Abraham. That sounds nice. The rich man also died. And his description was that he went to the place for the dead. And the next few lines really drive the message home. There, in torment, he saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. And in verse 26 and 27, the sadness of these lines really struck me. It says, there is a great chasm separating us. No one can cross over to you from here. And no one can cross over to us from there. Then the rich man said, please, Father Abraham, at least send him to my father's home, for I have five brothers, and I want him to warn them so they don't end up in this place of torment. How awful, how heart-wrenchingly, gut-twistingly awful. He's crying out for the same thing not to happen to his family, but it's too late. And Abraham reminds him that God sent many prophets to warn them and they didn't listen. So they're unlikely to listen to the words of a man raised from the dead. Like many of the words in the Bible, they speak to many different people in many different ways at many different times. But I believe the loving words of the Bible are there to teach us and help us along the way so we don't end up like that rich man. You see, we forget we forget, don't we? We forget we're here on earth for this amount of time. Tiny, weeny bit of time. But our eternal life is, well, the clue's kind of in the title. It's eternal. So what we have been sent here to do in this short, short life is to serve God in our own unique way, keeping our eyes fixed on the real prize of heaven but we come here and we get caught up in worldly living and we totally forget that point. We get deceived and distracted by worldly comfort and the pursuit of it. But it's not too late for us. As far as I can tell, we are still alive. Seriously? That's what alive people do. Are we still alive? Yes, thank you again, Laura. We're still alive. We're still here and can learn from this and develop bold speaking to help all the people out there and some who are in here who have never read the Bible because no one's ever given them a Bible. So they don't have one. Why would you have one if no one's ever given you a Bible? And let's be straight before you all wander off in your minds. I am not talking about guilting people into the kingdom of God. We are not talking about that. We are talking about the truth. And the truth of the gospel is sometimes really hard for us to hear with our worldly, saturated ears. But take heart, because what follows that bit in Revelation, in Revelation 21, verse 3 and 4, it says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be there with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. I'm going to say it again because you don't seem excited enough about that bit. 
I heard a shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Wow, what a promise. Isn't that an amazing promise? Yes. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Bold speaking. It's the most loving, kind thing you will ever do to learn to trust God and ask him to help you speak boldly. Because remember, it will be him speaking, not you. He's going to speak through you. He knows we are afraid. That's why he left his Holy Spirit to help us. The other person's response, I'll tell you again, is not your or my responsibility. That's between them and God. We're just asked to speak boldly and give a reason for the hope that we have. You don't have to go and stand on a box in the high street and start sharing the gospel. Although, quite frankly, that would be quite cool. Just start with your testimony to a friend, to your partner, to a stranger, to a work colleague. Why are you a Christian? Where have you seen God move in your life? Tell someone you don't have all the answers, but you know that Jesus loves them just the way they are. Offer to pray for someone. Bold prayers lead to bold speaking. I'm going to tell you a story. I was at Waterloo Station last week feeling really poorly, not really with it. I had my noise-canceling headphones on, and I said this before. I did not look attractive with those on. They're like massive. And I could see this woman in front of me going, I was like, is she speaking? She's, oh, she's talking to me. And I took off my headphones, and, and I sighed. I was like, what? What does she want? And she said the strangest thing to me. She said, are you doing something important? I was like, that is a good question. Clearly 99% of the time, no. I was like, I had to think about it. Am I doing something important? And I was listening to Francis Chan. Seems like we're slightly obsessed with him, but I've just got his book. I bought it for America, didn't listen to it, and now I'm listening to it now. And it's called Forgotten God. And I went, do you know what? Yeah, I am doing something important. I'm listening to a man who's teaching me about the Holy Spirit. Because I've realized I don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. I'm thinking, shut up, you stupid woman. You're in the middle of Waterloo Station. I don't actually think she wanted an answer. Did I stop there? No. I heard myself go, and do you know what? My husband's a vicar, and I work in a church, and I'm getting all high-pitched, just like I was then. And you know when you give your life to Jesus? I'm thinking, no, she probably doesn't. You know where you give your life to Jesus? That's just the beginning. You know it's not the end. That's when we have to start learning stuff. And I don't know stuff. So I'm having to learn, and I've realized I don't know about the Holy Spirit. I need to know more about the Holy Spirit. I'm thinking, oh, for goodness sake, she just wants your email address for a train survey. Because she's like, I did it earlier, Victoria Wood. You remember that? Hello, I'm just doing a little poll, and you like a little poll to me. No? 
Only, let's see, Val's laughing. Anyone my age and a bit more my age remembers Victoria Wood? It was like, well, I remember it. I love Victoria Wood. But she, do you know what she said? Did she punch me in the face? No. She said to me, oh my goodness, maybe you should be a vicar. <laughs> what? No. And I just looked at her and I thought, oh my goodness. I said, do you know what? I don't know what's just happened to you, but I sense something's just happened to you. And actually God's put me in front of you today because he really wants you to know that he loves you. And she burst into tears. She didn't burst into flames. I didn't burst into flames. Nobody hit me. Nobody laughed at me. She cried and she said to me, why am I crying? I'm at work. I can't be crying in the middle of Waterloo Station. Why am I crying? I said, because God's spoken to you through me. Because if it had been me, I'd have used 5,000 extra words. But God spoke to her through me. Yeah, Granddad Jim's laughing. Yes, I would have done. But I... I said, it's his love reaching your heart. I said, well, you promised me two things. I had no idea what those two things were going to be, by the way, when I said that sentence. I said, can you promise me two things? Hurry up, God. What am I promising? What am I promising? And I said, she said, yes. I said, can you promise me you heard me, that God loves you? She said, yes. I said, can you promise me you'll now go off and investigate what that means? And she said, yes. And she said, where is your church? I said, Sunbury. Where do you live? She said, I live in Croydon. I said, oh, there's loads of good, good churches there. She went, yeah. I said, go and find one. If not, come and find us. And that was the end of it. And I crawled off to get my, my train. Now, I'm not telling you that story because I know half of you will now be going, yeah, that's what she does, whatever. And it's not about me. I don't always do that, by the way. But when I do, I share it because I want you to focus on her response. I'm not saying be like me and I'm wonderful. I'm saying look at her response. What was her response? And her response was she, that the Holy Spirit, she saw God's love for her through. The Holy Spirit used that moment to reach her heart. He moved and we're going to go into a time of response now. And I can't think of anything better for us to do than to pray for boldness for us, for each and every one of us. There's nobody here that doesn't need more boldness, none of us. Even me. I need way more boldness. And if you would like to be bolder, or even if you wouldn't like to be bolder, but you could feel God nudging you going, get up. And come and get prayer. Don't sit there and wait and assume it's for someone else. It's for everyone. And prayer changes stuff. So no matter who you are and how you arrived and what you brought with you today, come and get prayer from our prayer team. Because prayer will change stuff. It does change stuff. We've seen people telling us stories this week of stuff we prayed last week. That various people in this church prayed and stuff has started to change. And I love that we're all surprised. We're supposed to have a childlike faith. But wouldn't it be great if this time next year we are no longer surprised because there's been so many signs and miracles and wonders in this church that we just go, yeah, that's normal. Bold prayers lead to bold speaking. 
which I think is going to lead to bold, bold miracles by God. Absolutely. So I'm going to finish with this line in 2 Corinthians. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Amen. Laura's going to come up with the band and we're going to just go into a, a time of prayer before we start singing this song. Just to let these words just really cement down in our hearts and our bodies. Maybe you haven't actually given your life to Jesus yet. And if that's you, you can today, any day, anywhere. So let's pray. Father God, I just pray for boldness to sweep through this church. Sweep into our hearts and overtake our fear. We speak fear off this church in the name of Jesus. And we know that it's not from you. Come Holy Spirit and move in our hearts. Let us know that we're here for five minutes in the grand scheme of things. And we're not, Laura said something really powerful to me in the break. We're not meant to focus on heaven and just go there. We're meant to take people with us. So I pray that we will take many, 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 many people of Sunbury, beyond, and the world with us. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. And as we sing this song now, I pray you will stir our hearts and we will come. For, for more information, please go to www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.